of Hashem, we are learning the last daf of Masech Tosaita. Emir Hashem to make the Siyam today. We are up to daf Mem Ches Ahmed Beis, four lines from the bottom, when the Gemara is bringing from the Mishka various things that seized, that were abolished, that went away when the second Beis Hamikdash was destroyed. And as we pointed out on the last year, that we're going to have continuously throughout the sugya different expressions that have different meanings. Sometimes we have here the words upasku. The word pasku means something seized. Sometimes we're going to find the word batla, something was abolished. Sometimes we're going to have the words natla, something was removed. And at the end, we're going to have the word nignaz, something was interred. So here we're referring to the Mishnah statement, upasku anshe amana, that people of amana, people of faith, people of amuna, they seized from our community. So who are them? This is a reference to people that they have emuna in Hashem. Says Rashi, probably eight lines from the bottom of the line to the left. That how do they express their faith? That they spend their money hidur mitzvah. They spend it even when there's no obligation. They spend money for doing a mitzvah in a beautiful way. They spend money in areas where Chazal tell us that whatever you spend, Shabbos and Yontav, is not in your cheshman. And no matter how much you spend, God is going to give that back to you. But you have to have a Muna for that. So there used to be people that had that level of a Muna, and when the temple was destroyed, Pascha, these people seized. The Tanya we learned back in the Gemara, that Rabbi Eliezer Hagadol says, that if a person has bread in his basket, but he says, what will I eat tomorrow? If he's concerned, what will be tomorrow? He has a little amuna. And that's the meaning of how Rabbi Lazar interpreted the Pasuk. For they who are vaz, for they who are in contempt, for they who ridicule, the day of the small things, what does that mean? Explains the Rabbi Lazar. That me, Godam let Tzadikim. What will cause the Tzadikim? Sheyiz baz beis shulchanam. Baz doesn't mean contempt, but they tie homiletically. Baz means bizbuz, depleted. Why will the tables of the Tzadikim, God forbid, be diminished or depleted? La'asad lavi in the future. That's because of the smallness that they had. Katnu shahayabahem. And what is this smallness? Shaloyhemino Because they lacked in this level of Amunah, which is a huge level of Amunah, which we all believe. But like he said, if you have Pas Basali for today, the concern for tomorrow is an indication of some sort of lack in Amunah. Continues the Gemara, Rava says, I will give you another interpretation of the Pasik in Zechariah, that Elu, the Katnus, refers to the Katani Ben Elisha Yisrael, to minor children who pass away, God forbid, in the parents' lifetime. And, and that brings the worst suffering that there can be. However, those small children, they're going to be vaz, turning dafmemtez, shemevaz vizin dinaviyam. They will rend, they will tear up the judgment of our father of Hashem in the future. 
In other words, in the future, if God forbid any of their parents is going to be judged by God and the judgment won't be going in a positive direction, so they will intercede, these ketanim and oimrim lofanav, and they're going to tell Hashem, Ribbeinah since in any event, you will eventually exact retribution. If that was your plan, is why did you blunt your teeth with the pain of them passing away? So now that we did already pass away while our parents were alive, this should be the kapara, and don't judge them in a, in, 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 a, in a judgmental way, and that statement will work. So that's the taich. It's gavaldi kimi vaz liyem katnus. That who is going to be the one that's going to tear up the judgment? The ketanim. Amar Abiloi bar Yeverechio ilmo leitfilasi shol David. If not for David Hamelach davening, that the Jewish people, even in exile, should have a abundant livelihood. How you call Yisrael? All of the Jewish people after the Beis Hamikdash was destroyed, they would be meichredavav. There would be sellers, peddlers of stains. Stains meaning there would be peddlers of fat. Peddlers of Greece, they would be selling merchandise that is very insignificant, that brings very insignificant profits. And as we spoke out in the last, in the last Yurim, that we understand how the physical world is connected to the spiritual world. And once our spiritual level goes to a lower Madrega, once we lower ourselves spiritually, that has an effect that physically we go to a lower level. And since when the Beis Hamikdash was destroyed and so many important spiritual things seized or were abolished or were nullified, that should have affected that our livelihood should also be nullified. Shinamar as it says, Dovra said, Shisa. Shisa means give them Hashem, Moirolem, give them mastery. What's Pshat? Give them mastery. Give them wealth. Allow them, even in Golos, to have some sort of mastery over their material lives. If not for the prayer of Chavakuk, there would be a situation where you have two Torah scholars that they are so poor that that they can only afford to cover themselves with one cloak while they're learning Torah. As it says, Hashem, Shomati Shimacha, I have heard tell of your power. And Hashem Yoresi, I am awed. Yoresi Hashem, Pa'olcha, that Hashem, your actions, now literally it would be Biket of Shonim, your actions of what you did in the years begun, in the Amaleki Yodin, Chayeyu, bring it back to life. He was asking for the good old days to come back. That is the literal meaning. Says the Gemara, don't read it that way. Don't only read it that way. Al tikra beket of shanim. Don't say that your actions of the begun years, ela bekeruf shnayim. Bygone years, ela bekeruf shnayim means that when two people are coming near each other, and he was referring to Talmud Chachamim, that they learn together, we learn together in a group, and he foresaw their poverty, that they don't have what to live. So he says, whenever two people get together, even if we are in Golos, and even if these Talchachamim are lacking, the very fact that they're coming to learn Torah, it should narrate them that Chayeyu, give them life, meaning here the physical, the material, give them Pranos. Beautiful the name, he's a bracha person. 
When two Torah scholars walk, they do not share verbally between them words of Torah. Really, they should be burnt up with fire. It says that while they were walking, the day refers to Elisha and They were walking and talking, obviously walking and talking in Divri Torah. And it says a chariot of fire came, ultimately taking Elio, leaving Elisha. So the implication of the Pasik is time of the Ikadibur, they were talking Taira, which is what helped them survive the chariot of fire. Not it killed one, not it killed the other. It took Eliyahu Lashamaima, and Elisha became Pishnaim. Halekadibur, but if they wouldn't have been speaking Divri Taira, Ruyan Lisarif, then something negative would have happened to them. When two Taira scholars live in a city, they are not agreeable one with the other in halacha. Just to make it very clear, agreeable doesn't mean that they come to the same halachic conclusion. We have to, everyone has mechoyev to think, to use their seichel, to come to the best of their conclusions that they could. Agreeable means that they are sharing their wisdom with each other. That they're having a calm discussion. That's what agreeable means in halacha. That they have a good friendship and each one shares their opinion. If that doesn't happen, if God forbid they don't get along with each other, then echad meis, echad goyla, then God forbid that can lead even to one passing and one going into exile. It says, that this is the parsha that speaks about the whole idea of running that happens when one person inadvertently kills the other. So one died and one goes into exile. So here we say, as it says, my people became mute. What is the meaning they became mute? Not physically, without Taira. So back in the Pasuk of Ari Miklat, in other words, what happens is that the one... Maybe the greater one, God forbid, is killed. And the other one goes into exile. Let's speak in the positive. But if a Talmud Chachem is occupying himself, learning diligently, even when he's going through a Tchak, even when the person is going through adversary, even when the person is, God forbid, going through pressing financial times or other pressing issues, then he should know Tfilosay Nishma'as. Then his tefillah is going to be heard. Shenemaraz it says, Ki am For people shall dwell in Sien and Yerushalayim. Bachoy loisivka. Meaning, you do not need to weep. Why not? Because chanoin yechancha, Hashem will for sure grant you all of your wants. Lekoil za'akha. All of the wants that you express when you cry out. And then it says that Kishima Asai, that upon hearing it, right away, Anach. So Hashem is going to right away respond. When will Hashem respond? We're speaking about a person that is seeing, sitting in Sion in Yerushalayim. That means a person who's learning Torah. Why is he crying? Because he's being afflicted. So he should know that then his tefillah will be heard immediately. Vixivan says right away, Venasan Hashem Lachem Lechem Tsarumayim Lachatz. Literally, this passe comes afterwards. In other words, it sounds like, literally, that the response will be that Hashem will give you a little bit of water, a little bit of bread. But here we are reverting it. We're saying that people who only have lechem tzad, umayim lachatz, and they're still sitting in Yerushalayim, they're still learning Torah, to them Hashem will answer all of their prayers. Rabbi Bo, Oimer, more than that, that mashbi in noisoi, that, you, you, that person will be satisfied, not only physically, but mizevashchina, 
and one is connected to the other. That a person who learns Torah Matechatchak will be satisfied with the ziv of the Shechina. Shiremer, as it says, that your eyes will see your teacher. To have this chus, to have a rebbe that you can see. That the person reaches such a high level by being oisig betreira, even that there is something called a pargoid. And we learn about this in Hasidis, that there are many worlds and there are different curtains that separate one world from the other. Shamati ma'choyre ha'pargod is lashon that we have in the Tefillah on Yom Kippur. And the person, Pashat, goes to a whole different level. He goes to a whole different world. Shinamaraz, it says, that your teacher will no longer cloak himself. So a cloak, a beggar, a garment, a pargoid are different uh, levels of tzimtzumim. And a person, Torah, and Tefillah will completely lift us above to a higher level. In the name of Rabbi Yeshua. That miyim shechara beisamigdash. So he said the words that ein yoyim sheein boiklala. Those were the words of the Mishnah. Says the Gemara Amarava. It's not only that there isn't a day that doesn't have a klala. That bechol yoyim biyoyim miruba klalasim ishal chaveray. That it gets worse and worse every day. The curse gets more powerful. Shneimer as it says, and here we are quoting a pasuk that we have at the end of the Teichecha and Parshas Kisavi. And the pasuk says that baboiker that when the morning will come, toymin miyitan erev, you're going to say, oh, I wish it was evening. Uba'erev, you're going to cry, I wish it was morning. So asks the Gemara, what does that mean? It can't mean that a person is going through such a bad time this moment, which is morning, so he says, I wish it was evening later. How do you know later evening is going to be good? You don't yearn for something if you don't know what it is. You're at the evening, and you're saying, I wish it was morning. You're not referring to the next morning, because me, Ella, what he means, I wish it was last morning. I, last morning, you were crying for the evening. So that's the toichecha, that things will go from bad to worse. Elo the chalif, it goes to the one that had passed. So now the question is, if after the Churban Beis HaMikdash happened, Chol Yoim, En Yoim She'en by Klala, we are 1950 years after Churban Abayiz, Ela Alma Mai Komakayim, how can the world endure? How can we endure? So answers the Gemara, this is beautiful, Akedusha de Sidra, so Rashi says, beautiful, that, and this is the key, that the world sustains itself. And we are protected from these Klalas through learning Torah, by making a Kiddush Hashem. And here the key, according to Rashi, is the fact that it's being done by all. So the Chachamim instituted in the Uval that when we speak, when we, we say Kedusha three times, we say Kedusha by Birchas Kriyashma, we say Kedusha when we have a minion during the repetition of the Shemona Asri. And then we have the Seder of Kedusha in the Uval And there it is interpreted in Aramish. And everyone understood it. So that's the concept of Limud True, it's not a very deep Limud But that's the whole point. That the Chachamim wanted for everyone to learn Taita every day. And it was a Limud that we say is Shavu Nefesh. So when everyone, everyone davens. So stay instituted in the davening, learn And the very fact that we're speaking about God being holy and we are declaring it in public, that's a Kiddush Hashem. So we have Kiddush Hashem. We have a limud by all. And that is done both in the morning and also So when you make shiurei taita that are not shavalachol nefesh, that's great. But even greater is when you teach agadata, when you teach taita that everyone can participate in. 
So you have limud of Torah. And then after learning of Torah, we say Kaddish de Rabbanon. And so that you have a Kiddush Hashem, you being the Kaddish Hashem Shomayim. So with limud of Torah, with Kiddush Hashem being done by all, that is what makes the world exist. Shenemar as it says that edits a fossa, that the world is dark. And you know how dark it is? Like the gloom of the valley of death. Why? Because there is no seder, implying if there is a seder, seder meaning over here, the order of everyone. That was the institutions of Harad Abayim. When everyone learns Torah, then then we will emerge from this darkness. Yes. Yeah. Well, 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 one second, Danny. Uh, well, let me make it clear. Like, for example, here, we are learning injunction of davening, and that is the Kaddish der Rabbanon that we say at the end of davening. We just learned another Mishnah. That is the Kaddish der Rabbanon. Fakat, Minik Chabad is every tefillah we make a Kaddish der Rabbanon, at least when you have a Chiyuv or when you learn Torah. And so, I, so does everyone. People have a shear, they get up, they say Kaddish der Rabbanon. Many people do it after the shear because they don't say the, the Mishnah that we say at the end. After the Chorban Abayas, do falls every day. We learned in Tainus. But the question is, what effect will it have in the world? Also in Tainus. And that's why we the Nusach is the same Tal, Umatar, Levracha. The word Levracha doesn't only go on the rain, it goes on the dew. So dew used to fall as we spoke out. It fell on straw. It revived the straw. It became green. Now, if dew falls on straw, it becomes black. It ruins it completely. Void. And venital tama peters. And the taste of the fruits left. Tanya, we learned that tahara, that the lack of living up to a higher level of tahara, people used to eat chulin altara. Altara struma, altara sakoidish. So when we lowered our level of tahara, butla tam vereach. Tam, taste. And smell and fragrance are not tangibles. We spoke out from the Marsha. Tahara is also a non-tangible. So when we speak about the link between the Gashmias and the Ruchnias, it's a real link, but it's like with like. It's min beminoi. So when we lowered our level of Tahara, so in the world we lost our sensibility to have better taste. We partially don't taste the food the way it really is. We don't smell it the way it is. Not because the world changed. Because we changed. If we were to go up a level in Tara, then the same world, it's God's world, we'll begin to chop it, we'll begin to appreciate it more. Maiser, when we stop giving Maiser properly, so Maiser, the giving of Maiser is something tangible. You would push it, separate 10% and give it. So then something tangible was bottle, was abolished. And what was abolished? Shuman, either the, the richness, here will touch, push it, something physical, some fats, some good fats in the grain. Rafuna, the Gemara says a story. Ashkach, Toymarto, Dechinunisa. He found a creamy date, a date that was rich with flavor and fragrance. In other words, he found a date, times of the Amoyrayim, that used to be the dates that used to be before the temple was destroyed. Oh, so what does a father do? It's a beautiful story, this. He's going to take it for himself. He has a child. He's taking it for his son. So shakla, he takes it. Karcha he wrapped it in his handkerchief. 
And also Rabba Berei, his son Rabba came. Omar Lei, Rabba tells his father at Afuna, I smek, I smell, epes a creamy date. Now that's a gewaldike thing. Like we just explained, the world doesn't change. We change. That means that if we are on a higher level, then our physical senses are more developed. So Omar Lei, so Rafuna tells his sons, I'm proud of you. Oh, you must be very pure. Vaharaya, you smelled it. And Yehovah Nehila, he gave it to a son. Now, what, is a, what does a father do? Rabbah was also a father. So Adahoche, Osi, Abba Berei, Rabbah's son came. Shakla Yehovah Nehila. So Rabbah gave it to his son. Interestingly, here the son didn't have to tell him, Tate, it smells good. Rabbah did what his father taught him. What does his father teach him? A father gives to a son. So what did he do? He gave to his son. So Amar Lehi, so Rav Huna told him, now there's two ways of reading this Gemara. Let's try to read it in a positive way. He tells his son, I know others learn it different, but that's the way we'll learn. I'm sitting here, so I can have the right to say, that Bini, you made me double happy. First of all, Samachtas Libi, you made me happy because you have Tahara, because you smelled that it had a good fragrance. And Vaited, Vehekesa Shina, you dulled my teeth. You dulled my teeth means I could have been critical. Maybe the Enikol is Nishaz Agresa Talmud Chacham. You told me not to be so critical. You shared it with him no matter what level he's at. You showed him unconditional love. And Hainadam Inchi, and that's the statement of that people that Rachmei da Ababnei, that a father has Rachmanis and has love towards his son. And Rachma de Bnei, and to whom does the Rachmanis of the son go to? Doesn't go back to the father as much as. It goes further down. Abnei da Havale and his own son. Continues to about with the story. Dull, dull. Take off, take off the sharpness. The sharpness. According to Tachsiris, it's a good thing. You have to dull the Russia. Because the way you're makad of him is to calm him down, and then you'll get him back. Right. Ravacha bar Yaakov itapol bei berab Yaakov bar berate. Ravacha bar Yaakov was raising was rearing the son of his daughter. Kigodal, and when his grandson, who he raised, grew up, Omar Lay, the Zayda, tells the grandson one time, Ashki and Maya, can you please bring me a cup of water? Omar Lay, he tells him, not your son. And that's what people say, that Revei, Revei, Rashi says, raise me, raise me. Gadel, Gadel, Oisi. Even though... Even though I'm not going to treat you like a son, I'm only your grandson. In other words, the, the, the way Hashem made the world is, is that love goes downwards. And again, in the positive, that the best way that we, so to say, pay back our parents by raising us to be hopefully good Jews is by raising our children that they should do the same. And that's the greatest gift that we can give back to our parents by passing it down, by doing to our children the greatness that our parents did with us. Vaited in the Mishnah. And this is going to be the final Mishnah of the Mesechta. And again, this is not a depressing sugya, but the Gemara and the Mishnayas are teaching us exactly what led to what level. So we know exactly how levers got lowered. So now we have the ladder. And now we know exactly how to climb back up on the ladder. So says the Mishnah that the pulmus shall aspasionus. 
The pulmos means during the campaign. As Pasionos, we learned in Gitin, Dafnun Vav, in the Sugi of Churban Abayis, that originally he, Niroin, was the Caesar, was the Caesar. As Pasionos originally was the general that laid siege. Eventually, he was notified, punct when he was speaking to Rabbi Yechenem and Zakai, that he became appointed, and he went back to Rome, and Titus was sent. So during the campaign of Aspasianus, means before the bias was destroyed, Gazru the Chacham made a decree, Al-Atrois Hasanim, the word Atra means a wreath, and we'll see soon in the Gemara, a wreath is some sort of ring-like crown that is made and worn by people at certain joyous times. Now there are wreaths that are made out of uh, flowers. We'll see soon exactly to what wreath we are referring to. But there used to be a certain type of beautiful ornament that Hassanim used to wear when they went to the Chuppah. And they said that Beis Amintosh is getting destroyed. That level of rejoicing we will not have, as the Mepharshim say. The Kain Gadol is not wearing a crown. We're not wearing our crown. That was a positive thing. You know, when we're going to wear our crowns, we acknowledge physical crowns should be worn when we're wearing our spiritual crown. And they decreed that we should no longer use the Eros. We'll see in the Gemara some type of musical instrument. During the campaign of Titus, and here is where you have a whole discussion. And we have to learn this in Rashi because this is going to be connected to Daf Memtes Ahmed Beis. So quickly, if you look inside Rashi, on the left side, Right, two, two, three lines, four lines under the beginning of the Mishnah in the campaign of Titus. So here's the story, Chevna. Also, connect Bahashgacha Pratis, we are now in Hanukkah. Matisio, Koin Gadol, had a great grandson that was called Alexander Yanai. This is all according to Rashi. Alexander Yanai had two sons. That is according to everyone. But that this is referring to this case, that's Rashi and others, but not everyone. So Alexander Yanai had a son called Hurkinus. And they had a son called Aristobulus. They were brothers. Hurkanus was the older one. Aristobulus was the younger one. When Alexander Yandai passed away, the kingship went to his wife. When the wife passed away, it should have gone to Hurkanus. But Aristobulus, that was in Yerushalayim, did not accept his brother's monarchy. He says, I'm a king, at least in Yerushalayim. So there was a horrible civil war between these two brothers. Ultimately, Hurkunus went to Rome and he got Pompey. And Pompey was the one that was brought to make peace between these two brothers. And that is how Rome started to have influence over our people during that time. That's how the Romans came to Eretz Yisrael. So Rashi teaches that the Pumushal Titus is relation to the campaign that happened during that time. According to Rashi, way before the Pumus of Aspasionus. And that's the issue that other people have, that it, it would be more mashma, that, you know, Aspasianus didn't do the Churban. Titus did the Churban. Now, the Churban of, of the Beis Amidush was many years after this. Right? So they say 100 years, it was a long time after that. So, we're going with Rashi, that during this campaign, as Rashi says, between the, during the war of Hurkanus and Aristobulus, so back in the Mishnah, Gozru al-Atreis Kalis, they said that Kalis should not wear their wreaths. Again, we'll see exactly what should they not wear. And also, that no one is allowed to teach his children Yivanis, Greek, as the Gemara will explain. There is the Greek language, and there's nothing wrong with the Greek language. Actually, where did we learn that in Megillah? That uh, there's a Machlekes Tanoim. And there are those opinions, or it's more acceptable to write a Sefer Torah in Yavonis. 
But the Yavanas that's prohibited over here is that there was some sort of, uh, uh, let's say, esoteric symbol, knowledge of symbols and signs that the Yavanam used to have, and that was something that was only used by their Chachamim. It is this type of wisdom, esoteric wisdom, esoteric Greek wisdom that one is not allowed to teach to his children. But during the final campaign, here also there is a machlaikis, whether the final campaign means when the Beis HaMikdash was destroyed, or does the final campaign refer to Betar, to the fall of Betar during the times of Bar Kokhba? Mamash at the end of the times of the Tanoim, Gozru, they made a decree, remember Ksubais, that Akala should not go in the Iparion, Iparion is some sort of, uh, like the Chena, they put Akala in some sort of beautiful uh, seat, and they had her carried, and they said, that's something we're not going to do. In, in the city. However, the sages afterwards, they said, no, that should be done. And as the Gemara is going to explain, because of Tznius. Because when Akal was going to the Chuppah, when she sat in this type of wagon and she was carried, no one was physically able to see her. So there's more modesty, even though she's going in a very high level of dignity and there's, some, there's no base on Migdash and we're acting like noble people. But on the other hand, the benefit is, is that it's more modest, and therefore the Chachamim said it's good. Now continues the Mishnah. Mishemais Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Meir died in the Goyesh year of 163. Which we're going back now 1800 and approximately 50 years. Batlu Meshalem. No longer it was abolished those literally who know how to say metaphors. And as we learn in Hasidus, why do people give a mashal? Because there's a certain wisdom that we have, that we understand, but we're trying to impart it with someone that is unable to grasp it. So the power of a muscle, the power of a metaphor is, is that you can enclose this wisdom in words that could be understood. So to say you have the power of being mitzamtzim, the chachma, you're lowering it, but you're not lowering its core, you're just lowering its expression, and a student, even on a lower level, is able to grasp it. So like Shleim HaMelech that gave 3,000 examples, so Hasidus explains he didn't give 3,000 different examples for the same Chachma. Shleim HaMelech was so wise that he understood things that are 3,000 levels above us. And even more was his greatness that he was able to lower it down, a mushal within a mushal within a mushal within a mushal that we were able to hop it. And ultimately, once we got it, we are able now to climb back up. So Rav Meir was a master Moishal, and he gave 300 mishalom on the fox. Very good. And Bakhlal, a lot of ishiyurim was done. A lot of time was dedicated to examples. And that was, a, that was abolished. Now, really, there are many other meanings of moishlem mishalom. Just to quote one more, that moishlem means a ruler. That there are tzaddikim that are on a level that tzaddik goizer ha-kadosh baruch And until today, many times, we cry out to Elokah, the Rabbi Meir, Aneni. Because he was the one that was on the level that if he made a decree, HaKadosh Baruch Hu Yekayim, or Mekayim. So we want something to get happen. We cry out, we evoke the schus of the great Rabbi Meir. Mishameiz ben Azai, when ben Azai passed away, Batlu HaShakdanim, Shakdanim are words that are used today. When a Talmud is uh, diligently learning day and night, it goes together, Shkideh V'Hasmada, no one was greater than ben Azai. In using every moment for learning Torah. So when he passed away, 
Again, butla, abolished. Again, to point out, there's butla, there's pasku, there's natla, there's niknas, different lashonis. Bishamayz ben zayma butlo hadarshanim. I'd like Rash Achadarsha ben zayma. He was the greatest darshan. Rashi. Mishumais, Rabbi Kiva, Batl Kveid HaTayra. Rashi says, amongst other things, what's Kveid HaTayra? Rabbi Kiva honored the Torah by knowing that every letter means something. Darshi Vavei, we had in the Sechta Saita. Every Vav, every Ace, every Tag, every Tag that Moshe Rabbeinu was in awe of Rabbi Kiva. When he passed away, we lost that glory. Here, means a miracle performer. And Rashi brings three stories. The first story that Rashi brings was when his neighbor, we learned this together, Aiku built a home. And she, the cross beams that she prepared on the roof weren't wide enough, weren't long enough. And she came to her, and she came to Rabbi Hanina ben Dois, and she says, what should I do now? I built, I didn't cheshven properly. So he said, the Rashi quotes the words, and Tainus, namti kishurech, made the beams expand. And the beams miraculously expanded, and they protruded nachatefach. And the next miracle that Rashi brings was when his daughter lit candles out of Shabbos, and she realized she lit it in vinegar. So he, t- so he said, the same God that said that oil should burn, and the third story was that he had goats and he, he was being falsely accused that his goats was eating uh, produce that belonged to someone else. So he said, yeah, he says that if my goats are innocent, which he knew they were, because our animals are extensions of ourselves, that's already going into Bava Kama, so when they damage, we are guilty. When mankind was punished, so were the animals in the flood v'chulei. So he said that if my ism are innocent, Every goat, Rashi brings here that they should gore a ze'ev. I think there we learned that it was a bear, bear, a wolf, and they each goat came back here, Rashi says, with the wolf in their horns, miraculously. So that type of Anche Maisa was battled with the passing of Hanina ben Doisa. When the small Rabbi passed away, Pasco Hasidim. Pasco means seized. See, it's not bottle. More chassidim, just it was diminished. Why was he called ketointa? Because he was not from the lowest level of the chassidim. The splendor of wisdom was bottle, was abolished. And here, kavit hatoira doesn't mean what it meant with Rabbi Kiva. Interesting, the same words. Kavadah Torah means amongst other things that until the times of Rabbi Gamliel Hazaken, people only learned Torah standing. Like in Maimed Har Sinai, Vayar Ha'om Vayanu Vayamdu. Shuckle and learn, standing. We shuckle, but we sit. Why? Because people lost their Kayach and we can better understand when we're sitting. So that's the Kavadah Torah that started to diminish when Rabbi Gamliel Hazaken passed away. Umesa. Tahara uprishus, and we lost see, Mesa, not Pasca, not Butla. What died was also purity and abstinence. Bishemes Rabbi Shmuel ben Pavi, Butla Ziv HaKohuna, the splendor of Kohuna went away. Rashi explains that he was very wealthy. And on his table ate many people. So Shahayachacham, Vaasher, Vikahanam Rabbam Eichlam al Shulchanai, after he passed away, you didn't have a coin like him. When Ebi passed away, both humility and fear of sin 
was abolished. Now, interestingly, some have the version that the Mishnah ends over here and following is a Braisa, and there are other Girses that this is a continuation of the Mishnah. Number one. Number two, there are those who have the version that the next statement was not said by Rav Pinchas ben Yar, but by Rabbi Yoshua. Be that as it may. So Rav Pinchas ben Yar or Rabbi Yoshua Oimer, they say that Mishachar Samigdash from when the temple was destroyed, that the Chaveirim, the Talmud HaChachamim, have been ashamed. The free people have been ashamed. And they have to cover their heads. And Anshe Maisa, if it means miracle tzaddikim that have the kayach to perform nisim, Anshe Maisa, Pashid people who do great deeds, they became impoverished. Normally, there is a link between the spiritual and the physical. If someone is an Anshe Maisa, he should become wealthy. And this truth is here, but it's an exile. So it takes more time. It's covered, it's hidden. The link between the truth, between Ruchnius and Gashmias, is exiled. We don't see it. The Govrubal is who became empowered, strong men, strength, might makes right. Ubali Lashain, slander makes right. The Ain Doirish. And no one is seeking, and no one is searching, and no one is inquiring. Who can we lean on? Who can we rely on? That is something that was never lost. That even in the darkest gallows, we should remember that maybe this level of tzidkus, tzaddikim, we don't have with us. And role models, and we ourselves are not on a good level, but we can always rely on Hashem of Inushim from the days that the temple was destroyed. That the Chachamim lowered their level. They only became on a level of Safraya, means school teachers. And the school teachers became lowered on the level of Chazonaya, of Shamashim. A shamish of a helper in the base Knesses. The Chazanaya became like Amadara, became like the commoner. The Amadara, and even the commoner turning to Daf Memtesom and Bey's Ozla Vidaldala. That commoners steadily become more and more impoverished. And again, the impoverishment physically, meaning they became impoverished spiritually as well. And that first. And again, the Enshoyal, no one is inquiring, the Mavakish, no one is seeking, no one knows how to link one with the other. Ruchnis and Gashmis are one. And, and what's going to be? Almi Yeshli Yishoyen, but on whom can we rely on? Alavino Shebeshamayim, on our Father in Heaven. And now says the Mishnah or the Braisa, that Be'ikvas Meshicha, that right at the end of Golos, which is now, when we can already hear the footsteps, the heels of Mashiach, Chutzpah Yazgei, Rudeness, disrespectful behavior, yizgei will increase. The yoiker yaamir, and the cost of living will become very expensive. And hagef and titen pirion, even though there's going to be an abundance of grapes that produce wine, being that people are going to be involved, not moderately, to the negative. In frivolous behavior, people are going to be drinking wine the whole time. So even though God is producing a lot of wine, there won't be enough wine. So wine will still be expensive. Umalchus, tehapachlaminus, and those who are ruling the world will be heretics. They won't believe in God Almighty. And no one is giving them rebuke. No one feels that they could give them rebuke. There was always promiscuous behavior, but people were ashamed of it. But by Ikva said, the Mashiach, people will gather bevad in public for purposes of Zunus. No one has shame. And the Hagolol and the Galilee will become desolated. The Hagavlon says that Rashi and others, Gavlon refers to the south border of Eretz Yisrael, is Yosum. 
that they will become desolated because of wars. And the Anshi Hagvul and the people who live in the borders of Eretz Yisrael because of attacks of our enemy neighbors, they will be forced to wander. They won't have peace on their borders. However, no one will give them aid. People will make peace. Well, that's the way it is. That's life right now. And the wisdom of the scribes will decay. People will despise those who have fear of sin. And truth will become absent. The young people are going to make white, are going to ashamed the elders. And the elders are going to idolize youth, the young people. Then the novel of... A father, a son is going to deride his father. A daughter is going to stand up against her mother. And a daughter-in-law will stand up against her mother-in-law. Who will be the enemies of a person? God forbid. His household members will become his enemies. The face of the generation it will become like the face of a dog. We're going we're gonna to get like today the Hashivos, a dog here in Los Angeles. Kamat is like a human being. A son won't be ashamed of his father. And when you're going to read about all this, one, God forbid, can become depressed, says the Mishnah, no. But don't forget that we have whom to rely on. That no matter how bad things are on, one thing never changes. Which is that there is Hashem. And not only is He our King, but He's our Father. And even if we are unworthy, Kerachim of Albanim, and our father is always Shabbat Shomayim, so there's always hope. Says the Gemara. Omar Rav says, Rav, going back to the Mishnah. The Mishnah began saying that Bepulmus shall Aspasionus, during the campaign of Aspasionus, the Chachamim abolished, they were Mavatel, the Atres Chasanim, the wreath that Chasanim used to wear. Says Rav, Loishonu, what wreath should not be worn? We have to wait for the Kain Gadol to wear his crown, for us to wear our crown. That's only Shamelech Vashel Gafris. So as Rashi speaks out that they used to have salt and sulfur that were made to look mamish like crystals. It was probably the most beautiful thing in the world. And they used to engrave on it beautiful images. It was like a diamond crown. And a Hassan used to wear it. That is what they abolished. The Kain Gadol is not wearing it. We also we don't want to wear it. However, a wreath that's made out of hadas, out of myrtle, or out of vetted, out of roses, that's permissible. That is the first opinion. Shmuel says not even that. Even a lower level of wreath should not be worn. However, we shall come in a wreath of reeds or chelos. In English, it's called sedges. It's some sort of plant. That's even a lesser important atrois. That's permissible. Levi says, and halachic Levi, af shel kanem v'shel chelas aser. That even that should not be worn by a chassan. V'chein tani Levi, they must nisay. A black hat is not a wreath. V'chein tani Levi, that's a mitzvah to wear to dress like a Jew. V'chein tani Levi, must nisay. And Levi actually had a brayso that said clearly, af shel kinem v'shel chelas aser. And therefore, and then they also prohibited irus. Irus is a musical instrument that should not be played. In other words, we don't celebrate fully until Mashiach comes. My irus, what is this instrument called irus? And here there is an important machlekes, which goes all the way to halacha, what this means. Some people interpret tavlosh dechat puma means a bell with one clapper. Other people interpret, and we will go with this interpretation, that a drum that only has skin on one side. So when there is a drum, what's that a drum? You have something round, and it's covered on one side with some type of skin, and when you're knocking it, it makes a nice sound. 
So if there is a covering in the bottom, that sound is an inferior that they allowed. But if it's only covered on one side, that's something that from the Churban Habayis, in the positive, when Mashiach will come, we're going to start going back to those instruments. It says the Gemara story that Rabba Barafuna, that he had a son that was getting married, and he made for a son a tanbura. Tanbura Lucha'ira is a tambourine. Now a tambourine is not a drum. It doesn't have a long depth. But what's a tambourine? The skin is only on one side. So that was not included in the Isser. However, it doesn't look good. So Asa Avua came his father. Tavre, first he broke it. And then he told him, Amale, you know why I broke it? Because Michal of the Tavla people might confuse it with this type of instrument called the Eros. So what should you do? Snapshot, you, there's no alternative. He gave him an alternative. Zilgo of go clothe, cover with skin, Apuma de Chatzba, take an urn, which is something that has a bottom, cover the top with skin, or take a kafiza, take a pitcher. A pitcher, it can only be a pitcher. You can put water in it. It has a bottom. That cover with the skin. And use that during the wedding. During the campaign of Titus. So what's the atres kalos? It's a certain tiara that had in it engraved. It was made out of gold. And you had the, 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 um, the outline, the skyline of Yerushalayim engraved on it. Now, we learned the story with Rabbi Kiva giving to his wife, Rachel. That was permitted as long as you don't wear it during a wedding. Let's make it clear. You know, it's when did they ask her it to wear it during a chasana? Until today, one of the reasons why we break a glass under the chuppah is connected to this. In other words, when we are taka rejoicing our greatest simcha, it's never full because there's no base on English. So during a wedding, you can't wear this irishal zav. Tanya namihachi, ezeu atres kalos irishal zav. However, a kalos not a It's not that she, she cannot wear anything. Avol oisa oisa kipashal melas. But you can make for her a crown out of fine wool. And adayemazeh kalos wear on their head. Something, some sort of crown. Tanya we learned in Abraisa afal chupas chasanim gozru. They also prohibited a bridegroom's canopy. My chupas chasanim answers the Gemara. What is the chupas chasanim? Zohoyres hamuz havois. A certain type of beautiful purple cloth that had gold trimmings that the chasan and kala used to wrap themselves up during the chupah while they were getting married. That is prohibited. Tanya namihachi elohein chupas chasanim. Zohoyres hamuz havois purple cloth that has gold trimmings. However, there also, they didn't out take it away without offering a lower quality substitute. They did give a substitute. Aval Oysa, papyrus, papyrus is a, is a thick paper-like material that if you take that material and you hang on it, whatever you want, you can make that look also beautiful. It won't be as great as, and that's the whole point. We don't have a base amigdash. We don't have a real joy. And we, we express that even in how we get dressed during our simchas. Then the Mishnah continued, made as Beno Yivanis, they made a decree that people should not teach their son Yivanis, Greek. Says the Gemara Tanarabanan. And now we're going to go and see how Rashi connected. When Rashi spoke about the Pumus Shaltitus, that's connected 
to this story. As we spoke out, and then Alexander Yanai had two sons, and they were still descendants of Matasio Kaingadu. And when they were fighting one with the other, Hurkanus, who was the older one, he was outside Yerushalayim. And he claimed, I'm the Bukhar, I should rule the entire Eretz Yisrael. Aristobulus, the younger son, he was inside Yerushalayim. Yerushalayim is a walled city. Aristobulus says, I am king in Yerushalayim. And Jews were caught on both sides of this battle. There were those who belonged to the camp of Hurkanus, and there were those in Yerushalayim. They were under the domain of Aristobulus. Nevertheless, we got to keep the mitzvahs. So there's a Beis Amikdash, and there's a mitzvah to bring every day, the Tamid in the morning, and the Tamid offering of the afternoon. But you didn't have the animals needed. So every single day, Mishal Shalin Dinar and Bukupa, they used to put down in a, in a pouch, they used to lower on the other side of the walls, a pouch filled of dinarim, of coins, Umalin Lahem Tamidim, and they used to put the animals needed, and they used to bring it into Yerushalayim. There was in Yerushalayim an elder person. Like we explained, that when the Mishnah speaks about Yavanis, we're not speaking about the Greek language, but we're speaking about some sort of aristocratic system of codes that they used to communicate. And he understood those codes, and not everyone understood it. And so he told people on the other side of the wall, and no one heard what he said, no one understood what he said. You want to win this war? You're laying siege. As long as we in the city are doing what Hashem wants, the city of Yerushalayim will never fall. So when the Yidin in Yerushalayim lowered on the other side of the wall this pouch of coins, now don't forget, they put a chazir in that basket. No one in the city was able to see it. So they are bringing it up. And once they reached half the height of the outside wall, so the Chazer inserted his nails, his hooves, in the walls of Yerushalayim. And some people add that Yerushalayim is the center of the world, but the center of Eretz Yisrael. And Eretz Yisrael has the size of 400 parsa. So the entire Eretz Yisrael shook. At that time, Omru, the sages said, Arur Adam Shigadul Chazerim, cursed is the man that raises pigs. And the Arur Adam, and cursed is the man, Sheyelamid Libnei Chachmas Yivanis, that will teach his son this aristocratic system of codes. Had no one known it, no one would be able to communicate with the enemy soldier, and this wouldn't have happened. And then on that time, we learned that that there was such poverty in Yerushalayim. Just like we needed to get the animals from outside the city and things were not being done properly, amongst other things we learned, and we will learn way later on, that really you needed to take the animals and you needed to be mevakarit for four days. They shouldn't have blemishes. But we, didn't, we, we needed to lower certain standards because it was time of war. So as long as Bidiyevid, we were keeping the mitzvahs good, we did it the best way we were able to. Likewise, the Oimer, the Oimer which is the first offering of barley brought on the second day of Pesach.
that is matter chadosh, that really has to be caramel, it has to be moist, it has to be from grains that grow near Yerushalayim. We want to harvest it and immediately bring it. But there was no grain harvest near Yerushalayim because of war, so they were brought all the way from a place called Ginois or Gagois Tzirifim. Gagois Tzirifim literally means from the roofs of Tzirifim, shanties, favelas, but it's the name of a place. And they brought the Shtei HaLechem. Again, it was not able to be brought from wheat that was grown, that was fresh nearby, but they needed to bring it from a place called Ein Soicher, which means literally the spring is sealed, but it was a place. And again, that, just to show you that we were doing the best we could, but uh, there was already a time that the, the, the quality, the halachic quality of our mitzvahs because of the war was already deteriorating. How can you say you're not allowed to teach Greek? Rebbe said that the Eretz Yisrael, in Eretz Yisrael then, it started to take hold that people were speaking Sursi. Sursi is a certain type of Ara- uh, dialect in, uh, in Aramaic. And Rebbe felt that speaking a language that is pure to a source is better than speaking a slang-like language. So he says, Sursi Lama, why are you speaking Sursi? Why didn't you speak a pure language? What would be the option? Either, obviously, Lashon HaKadosh, or, and by the way, there are those people who hold that Lashon HaKadosh should only be used when you're davening and learning. So if you want to speak, that's the way we honor Lashon HaKadosh. So if you want to have another language, instead of speaking Sursi, which is some sort of corrupted Ar- Aramish, speak Lashon Yavanis. So the fact that the Rebbe is suggesting that people should speak Greek is the haraya that you are allowed to teach Greek. Don't forget, the Rebbe lived after this time. If Omar Rabbi Yosef, likewise Rabbi Yosef says that the Bavel, in Bavel they spoke the Aramish that we have in our Gemara. So he said, why do you have to speak Aramish? Either speak Lashon Kaidish, or if you don't want to speak Lashon Kaidish when you're doing mundane things, then speak a pure language. What's the pure language? Lashon Parsi, the Persian language. So the bottom line is, we see from over here that Lashon Yavanis is acceptable. Answers the Gemara, no, you didn't understand the Mishnah. Don't confuse the language of Greek, Lashon Yavanis Lechud, that's something that one is allowed to speak. V'chachmas Yavanis, this, uh, this, uh, this esoteric system of codes is that which the sages prohibited. Even this type of code did the Chachamim prohibited for Ha'amar Rabbi Yehuda in the name of Shmuel, in the name of Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel. That my dechsev, what's the meaning of the Pasuk in Eicha? That any that my eyes have grown ugly on account of my suffering, and my suffering was worse, Mikol Benois Idi, than everyone else in our city. Who does that refer to? Sadab Shimon and Gamliel says that refers to me and to my family. That you should know that Elif, Yeladim, Hoyub Beis Abba, that before the temple was destroyed, my father's house, Rab Shimon ben Gamliel, the Nasi's house, had a thousand descendants alive. And 500 of them became masters of Torah, and 500 of them, Lamdu, and look at these words, Chochmas Yivanis, they were taught this esoteric system of codes that the Greeks used. We'll see soon why. And God forbid, it's not that they didn't learn Torah, but they needed to spend a certain amount of time to master that as well. But his point was, and from the thousand family members, there was such a holocaust by the temple's destruction that only two of us survived. I am here in Eretz Yisrael, and the son of my father's brother, my cousin, is Ba'asya, Asya's Turkey. 
So the question is, you see from over here that they learned Chachmas Yivanis answers the Gemara. No, don't ask the question. Shani shall base Rab Gamliel. Since that family was Kareivim Lamal Chusava, since they were the ones that were close to the Roman government, so we needed to have in that family people who can have a good relationship. And to become intimate with them, they have to be able to speak their noble language at the time. Chachmas Yivanis, the Tanya like we learned in Abraisa. That Mesaper Kaimi, if a person takes a haircut called a Kaimi haircut, what's a Kaimi haircut? That the idol worshippers, the Emoidim, or other Goyish groups, non-Jewish groups, they used to cut their hair. The Rashi says, that you make a ring from ear to ear. In other words, the top, the front part of your head, of their heads, was fully shaved. And then the back part of their hair, they let loose. They let grow long. That's called a koimi haircut. So says the Braisa that if a, a yid, God forbid, takes a haircut like the style of the times, misapur koimi, that's midarke hoamoyri. That's the iser daira We're not allowed to dress the way the goyim dress. We're not allowed to take haircuts the way. We have to have our style. However, says the Braisa that aftulus ben uven, he tiru lisapur koimi, they allowed him to take that haircut. Shuhu Karev Lamalchus, because he was close to the government. Now, obviously, if taking such a haircut is taka pure Iser Doir then the Chachamim cannot make it permitted to him. So here we see that it's, you know, is taka doing things that idol worshippers do. Here, they were not idol worshippers. And this Isur is an extension of, so the Chachamim felt that since he needed to be close with them, he needed to, they would accept him better he would be of better influence for the Jewish community if he dresses like them, so then you are allowed to dress like the non-Jews. And likewise, shall base Rabbi Gamliel, he tiru lehem chachma yivanis, clearly they, the, the household members of the noble, the Jewish noble family was allowed to learn this esoteric system of codes, because we were close to the government. Finally, says the Gemara, the, the Pulmos HaAchrein in the final campaign, but then the Chachamim said they could go out in this sort of chena, they could go out in this sort of carriage. Why? Because of Tznius. Because Akala being properly shielded from everyone's eyes is better, is a greater virtue than expressing our hurtfulness over the Chorban by taking away these uh, royal activities. Mishameis Rabbi Yechenen Batla HaChachma says the Gemara Tan Rabbanan. When Rabbi Eliezer passed away, he was so knowledgeable that he was what we call a living Sefer Torah. So here when he passed away, the Sefer Torah was interred or was hidden. We lost. We lost. Again, it was abolished. Council and planning. The arms that support the Torah were abolished. And the springs of wisdom was plugged. The crowns, the coronets of wisdom became abolished. What's the crowns of wisdom? It says the Gemara beautifully. That you can see who the person is, how they spend their wealth. And when a person uses all of their resources only to increase Torah, to increase mitzvahs, 
That is something that was seen par excellence by Rebbe Lozim and Azariah. Like we spoke out in the Mishnah, that he was the greatest miracle performer. In other words, the Gilu Yelikus that came through him was such that the laws of nature did not exist. And here also says the Braisa, why was he called Abiyosi ben Kotoinsa? To indicate that even he, who was from the last of the Hasidim, he was already Mikatne Hasidim. The vigilant people who use every moment of day and night for learning Torah, that was abolished. That those who know how to darshan properly, this power was taken away from us. Locusts came into Eretz Yisrael. Many of the commentators say that because of the censor, now we're not speaking about the censor of the Christians, we're speaking about the, the Romans, that he wanted to say that once Rav Shem passed away, the Romans dominated Eretz Yisrael. But he was afraid they will take it out. So instead of writing Roman soldiers, he wrote Goivai, the locusts, or the collectors, the tax collectors. And Verabu Tzaris, and the Tzaris increased. When Ebi passed away, the tribulations doubled. Concluding the Gemara, what I would like to do quickly is before we read the last two lines in the Gemara, is to know in the bottom, at least by most of us, will have that there were those who had at the conclusion of the Mishnayis the following. So let's just read it. Either the Pinchas Ben Right, says, you have that? Yeah. Either he began with that zehirus, that being cautious and not violating any of the negative commandments, that brings a person to zirizus. Zirizus means alacrity, meaning a person who is joyfully, cheerfully doing the mitzvahs. And if a person is acting bizrizus, when we are moving cheerfully, keeping the mitzvahs, that brings us to the level of cleanliness, and cleanliness brings us to purity. In other words, we are concluding by telling us that it's not just how depressing it is that we lost those things. We have to understand what causes what degradation to know what causes what elevation. So here's how we go back on the ladder. We have to be Zohir, and that's going to bring us to Zrizus. And Zrizus brings us to cleanliness, and cleanliness brings us to purity. We're speaking, obviously, not only of cleanliness of body, but cleanliness of mind and of heart. And purity will bring us to the correct balance of abstinence. And that balance of abstinence is going to bring us to holiness. And holiness will bring us back to the qualities of anivus, of humility. And anivus is going to bring us to Yiraschait. And this will be important to the understanding of the ending of the Gemara. According to this version, Anivus comes before Yeraschet, which Luchura would mean if you have Yeraschet, you for sure have Anivus. Hold that thought. And having fear of sin brings us back to Hasidus. And Hasidus is going to bring us back to Ruach HaKodesh. The Baal Shem Tov came into the world right before the coming of Mashiach. So he brought back Hasidus because what comes after Hasidus? Ruach HaKodesh and Ruach HaKodesh brings us to Tchiyas HaMesim. And Tchiyas HaMesim will come through Eliyah, Novi, Zohar, Latoiv. So back in the Gemara, when Ebi passed away, so no longer do we have, it was abolished amongst the Jewish community, both the quality of humility and of fear of sin. So, Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yosef wasn't a Tana. But as we spoke out many times, you had people that their power was they memorized all of the Braises, the Mishnayas, everyone knew. And every yeshiva hired that computer, that person who kept on reviewing the, 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 the Braises. So when he was learning it, Rabbi Yosef tells him, don't say those words. They existed in the Mishnah. You don't speak it out. Don't say that Anava seized. 
Because the Ikara no, I'm here. Rab Nachman says to the Tana, don't say Yerashcheit. We'll just read out the words when we make the actual we'll see him. Again, because I'm here. And everyone's question is, how is that Anivus? How is that humility to say that don't say there's no more humility because I am here, I'm the Anav? That's the question that everyone asks. Just to speak out that the Rebbe, we have a few siyumim printed. There's a siyum that's printed in Chelikud Gimel Lekutisichas Balois Chasicha Beis. The Rebbe, aside of addressing that question, he asks a question that only the Rebbe asks. Rabbi Yosef and Rabbi Nachman were colleagues. And the Rebbe goes through in the Ha'aras over there that there were two Rabbi Nachmans. There's Rabbi Nachman by Yitzchak and by Yaakov. And the Rebbe proves that this Rabbi Nachman and this Rabbi Yosef, they knew each other. So the Rebbe wonders, that's the Rebbe's question. Why didn't Rabbi Yosef tell the Tana, don't say Yiraschet because of Rabbi Nachman? Why didn't Rabbi Nachman tell the Tana, don't say Anova because of Rabbi Yosef? Oh, that's a chassidish question. The answer is like this, Bekitzer. That anivus, and that's something that the Rebbe speaks about many times, doesn't mean that a person has a wrong self-image. Moshe Rabbeinu knew who he was. There was never a person that brought the Torah down from Shemaim other than Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu is the greatest Navi of all times. He knew that. Anivus means that the person who knows his or her qualities is aware that those qualities are qualities that Hashem gave them. It's not their acquired qualities. And more than that, if Hashem would have given those same qualities to another person, that other person perhaps would have gone even further with it. So that's why Moshe was humbled in front of every person, not because he didn't know who he is, but he didn't take credit for who he is because he considered it a gift. Now, learning Torah brings a person to the level of fear of sin. And there are many statements in Chazal that way. They were both very learned people. So let's first speak about how Rabbi Yisav viewed Rabbi Nachman. He learned Torah. And he was a Yerechet. The only question is, how does Torah protect a person from sinning? Rabbi Yosef understood that Torah doesn't essentially change the person from within. Fakert, that's the whole story we learned in Shabbos. That Rav Nachman, who when his mother was pregnant with him, she was walking by the Kaldoyim stargazers and they told her that you're pregnant with a person that's going to have a tendency to steal. And he wore a yamulka on his head, Yiramalka. But then the Gemara tells a story that when the wind blew off his yamulka, in that one moment, he felt his desire to sin. In other words, he didn't essentially change. While he was wearing a yamulka, it protected him from not acting out that tendency. Being that he was filled with Taira, so he didn't then experience the desire to sin. But it, that didn't essentially change him. And more than that, that's why Rabbi Yosef said, I'm an Anav. Why am I an Anav? Even though Rabbi Yosef also knew he was a Yerechet, but he felt, I'm not a Yerechet. I'm not essentially someone afraid of sin. I only had fear of sin because of the Torah that I learned. Now, why did I learn Torah? Because God gave me the, the, the Gishmak in learning it. None of this is mine. So Rabbi Yosef says, I'm an Anav. Meaning Rabbi Yosef, who was filled with learning, he was Sinai. And Itaka never sinned. He never said that this is who I really am. If I have a quality, it's a God-given gift. And that's why he wasn't enough. Rav Nachman held that when you learn Torah and you become, it changes you. And that change is something that you caused. So it is yours. So Rav Nachman no longer felt I'm an enough. Because I acquired Yerei It really changed me. So he said that I'm a Yerei but I'm not an enough. 
Rabbi Yosef felt the opposite. I'm an anav, I'm an arirechet. And therefore they told the Tana, Leitisna, the Ikerana be that as it may, the, the, the moral of the story is, is that we should be aware that we're learning Torah, Mr. Shem, we're going to start getting, that either way you look at it, that we're living in such a world that we need to have all of these connections to Hashem, but to get through this world, that the more Torah we learn, the more mitzvahs we keep, whether it essentially changes us or not, and as we learn in the Alter Rebbe, to most people not, we are Rabbanini, the animal soul is well alive. But while we are involved in learning and in davening, then it goes to sleep. So the more we daven, the more we learn, the bottom line is, the, more, the less sin we will do. And going back over here, Anover brings to Yerechet, and Yerechet is going to bring us to Hasidus, and Hasidus is going to bring us to Ruach HaKodesh, and Ruach HaKodesh is going to bring us to the coming of Mashiach through Eliyahu Novi. Amen and Mazel Tov.